so excited to be here again talking about my favorite person in the whole wide world and that is God, my father, my daddy, the one who sent the son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross of Calvary for my sins and for yours. So with that being said, let's begin. I'd like to welcome you all to another episode, episode four to be exact, of my podcast called Knowing God. Today's episode is titled The Word. What is the word? Well, let's go to John chapter one, verse one. And I'm going to read from the King James Version, because as you all know, I like to read two versions, the KJV, which stands for King James Version, and the ERV, which is the Easy Read Version. And I feel that the Easy Read Version is such a great interpretation or translation, if you would, of the King James Version. So what is the word? In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. This is in John chapter 1, verse 1, and that's the King James Version. The Easy Read Version, which is very similar, says, Before the world began, the Word was there. The Word was God, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there with God in the beginning. Everything was made through Him, and nothing was made without Him. Right? The Word, as they put it here, was the beginning. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So when we read the Bible, we are tapping into God. We are getting an opportunity to be connected to God through the Word, which is God, right? And if we open our hearts and our minds to actually receive the Word of God, we can become one with God. He's the Almighty. And I mean, a relationship with God, it gets no better than that. To have your mind channeled to something or someone or an entity such as God as positive, as living by, you know, morals and standards and values that place you at at an esteemed level as a human being in this earth that we live on, right? So that when we leave this earth, our souls, which is borrowing this body, right? <laughs> this flesh-filled body, our souls will have a place to end up. And that is in the one of the many mansions that our Father has prepared for us in heaven. And I know I want to be in one of those mansions, okay? So, you know, reading the Bible is an essential part of our daily living. And I feel this is a very important aspect of our life. As it, as I read in John 1 Um, verse 1 it said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God you know he means the word became human right the word became human and this is where uh, you know I guess atheists and people who are doubting God people who don't understand because they've never taken the time to actually read right the word you know these are people that will say so is Jesus supposed to be God or is Jesus uh you know, God's son, like, how did he, did he go ahead and sleep with Mary? You know, people say all kinds of things, right? But this says, if you really read John chapter one, verse one, it is expressing how the word became human. 
that word becoming human means God became human, Jesus, in the flesh to feel what we feel, but also to come for a purpose, and that was to save us. So even though he came as human in the flesh, he was still in the spirit. The spirit lived in him, and he lived in the spirit. God, the Father. That is where the Trinity comes from. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Or the Holy Ghost, however we, uh, you want to coin it. It is all one. And that human came to save us. Because God had made a promise with a rainbow. That's what the rainbow signifies. It doesn't signify anything else. It doesn't signify a lifestyle. It does, no. That rainbow was God's promise to never flood the earth and erase the earth like he did before Christ, before the word that became human. All right. So, um, and again, this is something that we can talk about even more. You know, there's so many ways that this can be described using the Bible so that you can get a very, very good understanding. And also take a moment to buy the Bible and um, read it. You can highlight in there and take notes. That really helps. It's kind of like reading a, a study book, a textbook, if you would. Uh, the same way that you can download it on your phone. The only thing there is, if you are on any social media, if a notification comes in, you may get distracted. So I always say it's good to have the actual Bible next to you because then you can always silence your phone, right? You won't pay attention to it. But anyway, um, so this, this word becoming human means that the word was Jesus who came to die for our sins so that our souls can be saved. Wow, do you guys hear that? Is that God putting a seal on this uh, podcast? Because it is thundering right now. So I want to go even further. Uh, if we read Psalms 19 to the end, it explains the richness of God's word. Psalm 19 is um, very powerful, but it is also empowering because it is sharing, um, you know, the, the richness and the, the importance of reading God's word and, and the impact that God's word is supposed to have on his people, his chosen ones, the ones who have chosen to accept him. So again, I'm going to read the King James Version. And we're, again, we're going to Psalm 19 from one to the end. And it goes, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun, which is as a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. Versus says, his going forth is from the end of the heavens and his circuit unto the ends of it. And there is nothing hid from the heat thereof. Verse seven, my favorite says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. That's a key word right there, enlightenment. Testimony, converting. Verse 9 says, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. 
the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. That is how tasty and how yummy the word is if you if you would just you know take a moment to to take it in verse 11 says moreover by them is thy servant warned and in keeping of them there is great reward there's great reward if we could just keep to the commandments that we read in the bible who can understand his errors i mean no one and so it goes further to say cleanse thou me from secret faults keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. And the last verse, verse 14 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. We have a song, um, and I think the Caribbeans know this too. And guys, I'm not a singer, I'm a talker. But it says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight oh lord it's a beautiful song all right so let's go ahead and read the easy read version and it starts off as saying the heavens tell about the glory of god the skies announce what his heavens what his hands have made excuse me each new day tells more of the story, and each night reveals more and more about God's power. You cannot hear them say anything. They don't make any sound we can hear. But their message goes throughout the world. Their teaching reaches the ends of the earth. The sun's tent is set up in the heavens. It comes out like a happy bridegroom from his bedroom. It begins its path across the sky like an athlete eager to run a race. It starts at one end of the sky and runs all the way to the other end. Nothing can hide from its feet. Verse 7, which I said was my favorite, says the Lord's teachings are perfect. They give strength to his people. The Lord's rules can be trusted. They help even the foolish become wise. The Lord's laws are right. They make happy the people. The Lord's commands are good. They show people the right way to live. Learning respect for the Lord is good. It will last forever. The Lord's judgments are right. They are completely fair. His teachings are worth more than pure gold. They are sweeter than the best honey dripping from the honeycomb. His teachings warn his servants, and good things come to those who obey them. Verse 12 says, People cannot see their own mistakes, so don't let me commit secret sins. Don't let me do what I know is wrong. Don't let sin control me. If you help me, I can be pure and free from sin. May my words and thoughts please you. Lord, you are my rock, the one who rescues me. Beautiful. I love the way this really breaks it down. You know, it expresses the depth of the importance of the word. Um, you know, and when we read Psalm 19, it's like... It's almost like a segue into reading whatever other chapters or, or books in the Bible that you want to read. You know, it, it helps you to just understand that if you read the word, if you understand what it does for the soul, if you understand what it does to the mind, the knowledge and the wisdom and the understanding that it will give you, you'd be open to read anything in the Bible. But read it with like an open heart. 
Every story in the Bible exemplifies life today. We each have a story to tell. Our experiences, our trials and tribulations, our dreams, our successes, and our failures. We each have a testimony. And the same applies to the people in the Bible. Everyone experienced life and God's impact. You know, when people say man wrote the Bible as an excuse to not read it or believe in it, I just simply smile because my answer to them is, of course, man wrote the Bible, just like every other book that was written. However, the encounters written by man of those who witnessed the power of God cannot be compared with any randomly written book that we read today. I like to see the Bible as the best self-help written book in history. For instance, uh, Proverbs, it's a great book in the Bible because Proverbs teaches us how to live and how to be to ourselves and how to be to one another. It teaches wisdom so that we can apply it to our daily lives. I want us to go to Proverbs 1 verse 7 real quick. And I'm going to try to open that as quickly as I can. So I'm going to have you guys, what is she doing? What's she getting done over there? But um, Proverbs, I really do love Proverbs, by the way. It's really good. It is a very good um, book of teaching. It's like just giving us wisdom. But Proverbs 1 verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And that's the King James Version. We can go ahead and read the Easy Read Version, which goes... Knowledge begins with fear and respect for the Lord, but stubborn fools hate wisdom and refuse to learn. Now, this is not an insult to those who don't know the word or anything like that. I don't blame them. Right now, they're still operating under the flesh. Um, They're operating in the flesh and under the, the guise of Satan's tricks, right? Satan knows how to confuse us and how to put things in our way that will deter us from the truth you know kind of like Adam and Eve they were living just fine I mean they were so lucky they got to actually experience God his spirit in his form like in front of them speaking to them they had that opportunity to be close to our maker do you understand me but unfortunately unfortunately That bad angel that was kicked out of heaven, the devil, Lucifer, Satan, whatever you want to call him, the enemy, came in the form of a serpent. I guess that is why I don't like snakes, by the way. (laughs) But he came in the form of a snake with all his trickery and ended up making them sin. And when they sinned, their eyes opened. So it's the same way that it is today. That it's like that curse repeats itself. When we're born, we're already born into sin because we're born into the exposure of a sinful world. Mm, that's a word. Go ahead, Liz. <laughs> Look, if I, if I may say so myself, let me toot my own horn. But yeah, we are born into a world where we are exposed to sinful nature. And so this is why when you are pregnant, my woman, and even our fathers, you should be praying for your child from its conception. It's important because just as much as God knows what he has for us, as he said in Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you, I made plans for you. So does Satan. He's like, oh, 
this baby in that stomach is about to be somebody great. And God really wants to use this child. Hmm. I have to get to them first before they're exposed to, you know, God's power. And so in order to beat Satan to that, in order to go toe-to-toe with the enemy, you have to be ready. From the time, before you even have a kid, you're already blessing your womb. You're already removing the curses from it. You're using Bible scriptures to back up your prayers, to support you and to protect you. And then when you conceive, the prayers really begin. You know, so the word is powerful and the word is our weapon. The word is the, the word is our defense mechanism against this spiritual world that a lot of us cannot see unless God blesses you and gifts you with that spiritual eye to really see. Kind of like Matrix, a very good movie, by the way. And so I love Proverbs just as much as I also love Revelations. And Revelations is one of the most powerful books in the Bible because it gives you an account of what is to come, right? It's kind of like the end that is the end of the beginning. I don't even really know how to explain it, but if you read Revelations, you'll understand what I mean. And I feel like we are going through the, the beginnings of Revelations right now. That's a topic for another day, right? This particular book shares information concerning the spiritual world in which we currently live. Because we live in a world that is filled with unforeseen spirits that the naked eyes cannot see except if you are given the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we'll try to discuss this in another episode because having the Holy Spirit is very important. I want to take us to James chapter 3 verse 17. And it says, The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without particularly, uh, sorry, without partiality and without hypocrisy. That's the easy, that's the King James Version. I'm going to give us the um, easy read version. Let's see here. I just really want us to get a very good understanding of where I'm coming from here when we talk about the word. So again, James 3 verse 17 in the ERV says, But the wisdom that comes from God is like this. First, it is pure. It is also peaceful, gentle, and easy to please. This wisdom is always ready to help people who have trouble and to do good for others. This wisdom is always fair and honest. And then verse 18 goes even further saying, people who work for peace in a peaceful way get the blessings that come from right living, from being righteous. So what this is basically saying is when you're reading the word, the word gives you wisdom. And that wisdom that you receive is pure. It's filled with peace. It is very gentle. It is very easily treated. And it is full of mercy because it's coming from God. There's no, it, there's no partiality to it. There's, there's no hypocrisy to it, as the Bible says. So when people come to you in doubt, with doubt, when people come to you angry, because yes, this world is full of angry people. And they come to God's people with so much anger 
than they would to the police who are killing, than they would to politicians who are destroying our communities. They will come to a Christian like they're ready to kill them. Do you understand me? But with the word in your heart, with the word on your tongue that is as sweet as honey, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb, as it said in in Psalms 19, you will be able to withstand anybody that comes your way that wants to fight you about the word and what you're delivering. No one will be able to knock you off your feet. Whether it be physically, whether it be spiritually, they will not be able to stand against you. Because even Jesus, our Savior himself, was tempted by Satan. But because the word was him and the word was within him, because he was filled with the Spirit, he was able to fight back with the same word that Satan used against him. So the spirit of discernment is important, but the only way we can have that is by understanding what we are reading in the Bible. And to get that understanding, you've got to have a relationship with God. You've got to be able to talk to God and say, Lord, I know I read this yesterday, but I feel like I didn't get enough from it. I want you to open up my mind and show me exactly what you mean. And he may just show you in a dream. And so the next time you read it, you're like, oh, I get it. And then you get a double O. Oh, so this is how you want me to move in my life. And when you start moving, taking that type of move in your life, guess what? That's when God starts to order your steps in the right direction. Because wherever you were moving, Satan was taking you in the wrong direction. But the moment you decided to lean on God's word, as it says in Proverbs 7, I believe, uh, verse 35, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and again, please don't quote me on that. I might be misquoting, but I know it's in Proverbs And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. How can God direct your path if you are not allowing him to show you where to go? And people might say, well, um, it's not like I can hear his voice. It's not like he's telling me anything. No, but you know what God does do, though? He makes certain instances occur. But because we are so oblivious to that, we don't even realize that that opportunity was there and it passed us by. God will present an opportunity, but we look at it like, oh, that's just too good to be true. So we let it go. And that's walking in fear as opposed to faith. You got to walk by faith and not by sight, as it says in the book of Ephesians. It is very, very important. But let's not sidetrack. You know, sometimes I just I get into it. You know, sometimes we think we know what's best for our lives, but really and truly we don't. We only have an unrealistic pretense based off of what the media portrays in a standard life application. (laughs) The word says in James 4 verse 13, right? And and let's go back to James 4 verse 13. We're going to do the easy read version because I really want us to, uh, to understand this. In James 4 verse 13, it says, some of you say today or tomorrow we will go to some city, we will stay there a year, do business, and make money. But listen, think about this. Verse 14 goes on to say, you don't know what will happen tomorrow. Your life is like a fog. You can see it for a short time, but then it goes away. So you should say, if the Lord wants, if it pleases the Lord, we will live and do this or that. 
but now you are proud and boast about yourself. All such boasting is wrong. If you fail to do what you know is right, you are sinning. So this is basic, and I think it was clear enough, clearly stated here. We can't boast about our future. We need to allow God to plan our lives. So, for instance, I left New York to come to Houston. Now, a part of me, and I know that was the spirit, and even just from what my prophets have said, a part of me felt like I needed to stay in New York. I feel like God wanted to use me for something or wanted to open up another door for me. But I also felt strongly that it was time to leave New York. So because I had this, uh, this two-way thinking where I was feeling like, ah, I might be offending God. You know, I didn't really hear him say I should go anywhere, but I want to go. I really feel like this move would be best for me and my family. So what did I do? I put God in that equation. I said, Lord... This is the plan I have. This is what I'd like to do. It may be deviating from the plan you actually have for me, but God, with your mercy, go with me. When I enter into that city of Houston, Lord, make a way for me where there seems to be no way. All the doors that have been closing on me, let them open. Because God, you said that you had plans for me. And because I am your child, you will see those plans all the way. So God, I want my glory to shine the way you asked it to shine. And I want it to shine in that city of Houston. And baby, I tell you, God, God is, he's, he's, a, he's a faithful, faithful God. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He never forgets me because the prayer for mercy, and while we're at it, for those who are really seeking mercy from God, for those who really need an answer, for those who just feel stuck and it's like, I want to do this, I want to move, I want I want to take that leap of faith, and it just keeps holding me back. There's something that is just stopping me, my mom, my job, my children, you know, my husband, or, you know, that relationship, whatever it is, something keeps holding you back. A lot of times, you're probably meant to go. And that's just the enemy using everything else to just as a decoy to not let you go into your greatness, into the next level that God has for you. And so read the book of Psalms, chapter 51. And um, I'm going to try to say this off the top of my head because I, I haven't, I didn't really open that right now. But I know it says, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the, the multitudes of thy tender mercies, blot out all my transgressions my sin is ever before me against thee have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight I mean it's a powerful psalms and when you read the easy read version oh my goodness it just makes you want to go oh I know I've lived the craziest life I really have and I need I need clarity I need peace from within you can get that peace from God I promise you because what God has already done for me in just the month that I've been here Man, I don't even know what to say. I didn't even have to do much but just continue doing what I do. And that is hustle hard because that's what I know. And putting him first. Every time I wake up in the middle of the night, because, you know, entrepreneurs or, or dreamers are always waking up because something comes. And I know it's God that puts those ideas in my mind. 
something comes up and I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I start writing it down, you know, or, you know, I get on my phone. I put it in my notes. I'm like, all right, you're going to do this. This is what you're going to do. And once I write it down, I say, God, I know you gave me these ideas because they feel right. It doesn't make me feel like I'm going to do something bad or evil to hurt anyone. So, God, I just ask that you lead the way. You are the author and finisher of my life. You have the final say. You are the God who promotes. You are the God who demotes. So God, I ask you to take the lead in this plan and this idea that you have put in my mind. I will do the work and you do the rest. And because I've been having that mentality, oh, my God is an awesome God, okay? He reigns forever. I know you guys know that song. He has been just, he's been doing it for me. And, you know, I've had moments where I lock myself up in the bathroom and I just cry. You know, having a child is not easy either, or children. So I take my hat off to the three or more uh, uh, parents' uh, household with uh, kids because it definitely isn't easy. Sometimes, you know, they just need all this attention and you need your own attention because you're trying to put your attention to the things you want to do for you and your family. And, And it becomes so overwhelming that you almost be like, God, come on. I thought you said you had me, you had my back. I'm so stressed out. I can't do this. I need your help. You know what I mean? But he's thinking, God hears you. You just have to let him in. So my brothers and sisters, in conclusion, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and, and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's from Colossians 3 verse 16. I implore you to exercise your spirit and encourage yourself to read a chapter a day, just starting from Genesis. And before you read, read Psalm 19 and ask God to give you the spirit of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge so it can be applied to your reading. Say a small prayer, just asking God wholeheartedly to give you wisdom and to help you apply it to the word, uh, help you to apply the word to your life. If you want to develop a deeper connection with God and embark on a spiritual journey with the Lord, you are encouraged to accept Christ in your life. So if you would, before I end this, say a prayer with me if you are ready to accept Christ. Dear Lord, I am a sinner. I have sinned against you and I am sorry. Please forgive me. I believe the blood of Jesus washes away sins and you remember them no more. And now that I am clean, I want to know you. And I want to hear your voice. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life, be my Lord and Savior, and let me experience your love. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanna thank you guys for listening once again. Today's episode was titled The Word. I have another episode for you again for this season. Um, I just have so much to do. This season is titled The Preparation, and I feel like I want to prepare you guys for the world that we live in so you can be strong and be equipped with the full armor of God. Please, my brothers and sisters, do not let people tell you that, uh, you know, There's no such thing and those Christians are crazy and things like that. I keep saying it and I'll say it again. God is not a religion. God is a spirit. 
And if you allow your spirit to connect with God's spirit, to connect with the Lord, our Savior, the Word, I promise you, I promise you the testimonies that you will give, the miracles that will happen in your life, you will not chalk it up to luck anymore. You will be saying, God, you did this because I specifically asked for this. And when I asked, I asked with faith, believing that it will happen, and it did. I will never turn my back on you again. I promise that's what you'll be saying from here on out. So I hope you accepted Christ with me again. (laughs) And I pray that God does a new thing in your life. I pray that all your heart's desires will be fulfilled. And that God will open up your mind, your hearts, your spirits to receive him to receive the word and to move with love and with grace and with fear of the Lord only and nothing else. I love you all with the love of Christ. May God bless you and remember in everything that you do, put God first. Until next time, guys, be blessed.